but something I believe we can, we can uh, counteract by our growth with God's Word. In case you didn't know, there is a famine for God's Word in our country. And unfortunately, it spreads further than just the borders of our country. This famine for God's Word spreads through the entire world. It is unfortunately a famine that we as Christians and as our children continue to grow will have to face as they become uh, adults one day and have to teach their children the Word of God. There is indeed a famine. Well, you know, if you turn to the Old Testament, to the book of Amos, and look at chapter 8, there was a famine for the Word of God then similar in some ways and different in others than the famine that we face for the Word of God today. And we want to look at that. We want to go back to Amos chapter 8 and verse 11. About 750 B.C., the, um, the children of Israel had been uh, led into uh, bondage and they ended up, because of the result of not, being, not repenting of the sins and not coming back to the Word of God, to go into Assyrian captivity. And God let the famine of His Word come upon the people. In Amos chapter 8, beginning in verse 11, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread, nor of thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. Does that not sound like today? They shall wander from sea to sea and from north to east. They shall run to and fro, seeking the word of the Lord, but shall not find it. In that day, the fair virgins and the strong young men shall faint from thirst. Those who swear by the sin of Samaria, who say, As your God lives, O Dan, and as the way of Beersheba lives, they shall fall and never rise. Again, you know, we as a society have the tremendous blessing of having the Word of God available to us in so many forms. And so many Bibles that are out there today that have printed, it is still the number one bestseller of books. Um, I wait for it any time to decline to where it's not the number one bestseller, unfortunately. But the Bible is the, still the number one bestseller in books in the, in the world today. We have it in physical form. We have it in digital form. But the important thing that we need to note as Christians is that we need to have the Word of God here in our heart, in our minds. And we need, we need to apply that Word of God to our lives. We should hunger as Christians for the Word of God. And we should take warnings such as this in the book of Amos to heart and knowing that that famine could come upon us as a nation today. Today there is indeed a famine for the Word of God. Like I said, in some ways different, in some ways similar. We face different things today than they faced in, in the Old Testament as well as what the time in which the New Testament was written. But we face very similar things as well. You know, homosexuality is prevalent in our society today. 
It's in your face all the time. You watch commercials or the television or movies and, and they press it on and on and on about it being a regular or alternate lifestyle. And society um, breeds in us the acceptance of things that God's word is contrary to. You know, even in the Old Testament and the New Testament, it, it states that those relationships, uh, sodomites and homosexuals, were there in those times and practicing in those times. But they punished those people for doing those things. You know, today we take the Bible and prayer out of schools and, and we stand by and think well, some, we, we're going to allow someone else to do something about that. We're going to allow someone else to fight that battle. And unfortunately, it is us as Christians as a whole's responsibility to fight the battle to make sure that we have God's Word in our lives and in the lives of our children. Amen? Amen. It is our responsibility to make sure that we do not suffer as those in Amos days of having a famine for the word of God. How is our current day famine different from the famine in Amos' days? Well, our famine today is self-imposed. We choose not to study the Word of God and have it in our lives as we should. That in Amos' day, God put that upon them for their failure to repent and do the things that He would tell them to do. We have a famine for God's Word. Indeed, today's fam famine is self-imposed, as we stated. And despite such access to the Bible... We fail to apply God's word to our lives. Let me read you an, uh, an illustration. It is the diary of a Bible within a year. January. A busy time for me. Most of the family decided to read me through this year. They kept me busy for the first two weeks. I'm now forgotten. In February, the Bible writes in its diary, My owner used me for a few minutes last week. He had an argument and was checking references. March. Grandpa visited us. He kept me on his lap for an hour reading 1 Corinthians chapter 13. In April, I had a busy day. My owner was appointed, to, uh, was appointed a leader of something and used me. I got to go to church for the first time this year, Easter Sunday. May, I have a few grass stains on my pages. Had some early spring flowers pressed in me. June, I look like a scrapbook. They have stuffed me full of clippings. One of the girls got married. July, they put me in a suitcase today. I guess we're off on vacation. I wish I could stay home as I will have to stay in this thing for a month. August, still in the suitcase. September, back home again and in my old place. I have lots of company. Two true stories and four funny books are on top of me. I wish I could be read as much 
as they are. October, they used me a little today. One of them is sick. Right now, I'm all shined up in the center of the table. I think the preacher is coming. November, back in my old place. December, they are getting ready for Christmas. I'll be covered under wrapping paper and packages. Now, I hope that is not your Bible's diary. And we have to guard ourselves from those things. Why is there a present-day famine of the Word of God? The answer may be found as we compare it to the famine which, which is foretold in Amos. How is our famine similar to the famine for the Word of God in that book? Number one, the present famine is a result of similar causes. One of those causes is material luxury. In Amos chapter 6, verses 1 through 8, we note that those in Amos' day became the cause of pride which God hated. They had anointed themselves with oil. They had expensive beautiful palaces and all of those things that were luxurious to them. But they put that as their God and their attention rather than worshiping and serving God like they truly should. God had warned Israel that it might cause some to forget God for them being prosperous in their material things. And indeed, it did. Likewise, Jesus warned that riches could choke those who had received the word. As we note in the New Testament in Luke chapter 8 and verse 14. So today, many in their search for wealth forget about God. They're always in search for the mighty dollar and making sure that they make enough money to sometimes, unfortunately, compete with the Joneses and other times just because we sometimes live beyond our needs. Others have so fulfilled their time enjoying the luxuries that they have no time for God. Unfortunately, many of those in whom I work or am associated with feel that uh, Sunday is a day of rest for them. Uh, their church is going to the lake and going fishing. And nothing inherently wrong with going fishing. If you're good at it, I'm not. But certainly, that's not where we go to worship God. That's not where we go to uh, learn of God's Word and make application of that Word to our lives. Maybe a good place to go to meditate. But most of the time, we need to get God's word out and study it and read it and make application of that word to our lives. Secondly, an example that's similar is moral corruption. In Amos chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. Amos chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. Thus says the Lord, For three transgressions of Israel and for four, I will not turn away its punishment, because they sell the righteous for silver and the poor for a pair of sandals. They pant after the dust of the earth, which is in the head of the poor, and pervert the way of the humble. 
a man and his father go into the same girl to defile my holy name. They had moral corruption then in Amos' day, just as we have moral corruption today. Today, the world standards often become the standards of those in the church. We talked about in Bible class this morning downstairs with the, with the teenagers about uh, the proverbial frog in the pot. And we talked about the frog being put in a pot of boiling hot water and immediately jumping out. And we talked about putting the frog in a, in a, in a pot of cool water and turning the heat up ever so slightly over a period of time until the frog is cooked before he can respond. Unfortunately, that happens today in the world in which we live. Sometimes it even happens in the church. We allow little things that seem meaningless and unimportant to creep into the church maybe into the worship service or maybe into the lives of us as Christians. We allow those things to chip away at what the norm is according to God's word. And before you know it, we're that proverbial frog in the pot. The church looks much different than when looking to see what the church really is from God's word. We need to guard ourselves from that. We need to be aware that, that those things happen. And we need to look for God's word for the strength and guidance that we need in our lives to keep on doing those things that are true and in accordance with God's word. Thirdly, religious corruption was there in Amos's day. The people of Israel couldn't wait for religious days to be over. As we see in the book of Amos chapter 8 verses 4 through 10. Today many people can't wait for services to be over so that they can go work or so they can go play or if they're unwilling to spend time in sincere worship to God because so many other things are important to them. It's easy to see why they won't take time to feed daily on God's word. We as Christians need to guard ourselves from those things. To guard ourselves from being able to study God's word. And to make application of that word in our lives. It's interesting to note that our present famine for the word of God has similar results. Amos described a sad picture in Amos chapter 8 verses 13 and 14 that we read earlier. Young people fainting from thirst. Others falling and not rising again. Doesn't that describe us today? In the daily lives of many Christians today. Suffering from the lack of spiritual food. They are easily overcome by temptation. Even common trials sometimes overwhelm us as Christians today the common trials that come through everyday life. And this can help us as Christians to understand that some new Christians fall away because of the lack of spiritual food that they desire and the lack of spiritual food that we feed them. Yes, we as 
older Christians have responsibility to those younger Christians to make sure that they are spiritually fed with the word of God. We can do that by teaching and by preaching and by studying with them. But we can also do those things by example to them as well. There are two things that are necessary to resist trials and temptation that the Bible tells us of. Faith in God, believing that He will provide a way of escape. As we note in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13, for with every temptation God will provide a way of escape. Unfortunately, sometimes we're not looking for that way, are we? Unfortunately, sometimes we turn a blind eye for that way of escape because we want to be involved with that which has tempted us. We want to be involved with those things that our friends or families may be doing. Maybe we're a young person and because of peer pressure, we want to be involved. We want to be the cool kid. Unfortunately, that takes us far away from the spiritual needs that we have and not being famished for the Word of God. Secondly, we need the fear of God, that awesome reverence that motivates us. By the fear of the Lord, one departs from evil. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We must be careful not to be one of those starving for the Word of God, but nourished by the Word of God. The condition of many churches today is one of spiritual malnutrition. I am very glad to say that the congregation here at White Oak is not spiritually malnourished. But we as each individual Christian must guard ourselves from that. We must guard ourselves each and every day to make sure that we are not spiritually malnourished. It's very easy when you have a hard day at work and you want to get your mind off of those things to come home and turn on the, the television and not think about anything else except what is entertaining you at the time. And I'm speaking to me as well as all of us. If sometimes we picked up the Word of God and found the things to meditate on there, to uplift us there and to help us through the trials and tribulations and stresses, unfortunately, that come in our lives, do you think maybe it would make us a better person? I believe that it would. This helps, helps us to explain the discouragement and defeat in the lives of some Christians today. What can be done about our spiritual malnutrition? or our famine for the Word of God today? Well, first, we must appreciate the power of God's Word. And we can see many different things that are powerful in the Word of God. Number one, God's Word was powerful enough to create all that has been created. If you note in uh, Genesis chapter 1 and verse 3, in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 3, we see that demonstrated with the creation of the physical realm 
that we live in today. God's word was powerful enough to create. He spoke these things into existence. I don't know about you, but I think that's pretty powerful. It has similar power in the spiritual realm, producing true regeneration by looking to the Word of God. Secondly, it possesses the power of sanctification. That we're sanctified. As praised by David in his psalm, in Psalm chapter 19, verses 7 through 11, and as mentioned by Jesus in his prayer in John chapter 17 and verse 17. God's Word has the ability to sanctify us. Thirdly, God's Word possesses the power of preservation. As the young are instructed to keep their ways pure by it, by the Word of God. Psalms chapter 119 and verse 9. And the elders of the church are exhorted to keep the church pure by the Word of God. Acts chapter 20, verses 28 through 32. If it is the responsibility of our elders to keep us pure and to look to God's Word for us to be pure, then certainly they need to feed on the Word of God as well. If it's important for them, then it must be important for us. Unfortunately, a lack of knowledge has always destroyed God's people. If you look in the Old Testament in several examples, we see that their lack of knowledge of God's Word ultimately, in many cases, destroyed them as a people. We need to guard ourselves from that today and being Christian people and guarding ourselves from the lack of knowledge that comes from God's Word. But then, it also possesses the power of salvation and condemnation. It can save the souls when properly received. James chapter 1 and verse 21, they received the word of God with meekness. We must receive the word of God with meekness. Have you ever met any of those people who think they know everything about everything and all you have to do is ask them? Unfortunately, there are many people in the world today who want to do it on their own. And unfortunately, sometimes that's what leads them into thinking there is no God or that God doesn't have control of the things that are in our lives. Trust me, God has control. He has control of our lives. But we must guard ourselves from Satan and the temptations that may come our way in order to keep that control. It will be the standard by which we are judged. John chapter 12 and verse 48, the word of God judges in the last day. So if we're going to be judged by the word of God, shouldn't we know the word of God? Should it not motivate us to learn the word of God? And would it not be foolish to neglect such power of the Word of God in our lives as Christians. 
We, as Christians, must be fed by the word. Like newborn babies longing for their mother's milk, so we need to long for the word of God. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 2. I contend that nothing less than daily reading of the word of God is necessary to keep us from that. Now, do we all do that as we should? No, unfortunately not. And I'm in that group. I don't read God's word daily. That's why I was thinking about the things that we suffer from today. We as Christians have a responsibility to God and to ourselves to meditate on the word of God daily. It doesn't just help God, but it helps us. And the simple practice of daily Bible reading will go a long way in ending the famine for the Word of God and studying and meditating and applying those things that we study to our lives. A reasonable goal at the first is to read a chapter a day or to read the New Testament through in a month, and it could be done. At the rate of one chapter a day, one can easily read the New Testament in a year. And certainly we need to meditate on the Old Testament as well, for it is put there for our learning. Once the habit of daily Bible reading has been established, reading three or four chapters a day might be easy for us to do and make application of those things in our lives. The bottom line and the main point is that we need to study the Word of God and make application of it in our lives. As you read and make time for meditation and prayer in your life, meditating on the Word of God as we're told we should do in Psalms chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, and praying for wisdom that God may help us obey and understand His Word. Psalms one nineteen verse 18 and verses 33 through 37 there as well. We can become better Christians. We can become better brothers and sisters in Christ to those around us. You know, we look at Amos and it must have been terrible for those uh, Israelites taken away as captives into a strange land by a strange people, unable to feed on the wonderful word of God that had been given to them. Let that not be said of us today. How tragic for those who impose the famine and the word of God on themselves today. How tragic it would be if we allow ourselves to be famined from the word of God. By our own neglect our own spiritual malnutrition. By our own neglect, we may remain captive to sin just as they were captive in a strange land. Their tragedy is increased when we realize their neglect is not just one related to the Word of God as it existed in Amos' days, but they were neglecting the full and final revelation of God's word given through Jesus and his apostles that we have today. By God's grace, 
We have so much more than they did in Amos' day. We have God's word in its entirety for us to study, for us to meditate. We have so much more knowledge than they had of what God would want us to do and have us to do that we have no excuses but to do it. Our challenge should be to everyone today to make the commitment not to neglect the Word of God in our lives. Our challenge should be to feast daily upon the Word of God which can and will save your soul. We must continue to grow onto more mature things as Christians so that we may one day receive that home in heaven. No more tears, no more sorrow, no more sadness, but worshiping God forever. As Paul told the Ephesian elders when he bid them farewell, in Acts chapter 20 and verse 32, So now, brethren... I commend you to God and to the word of His grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. We must build one another up. We must save ourselves from being famished from the word of God. Are you, when you look at your lives Suffering from not having enough spiritual nutrition in your lives? If so, then God makes it so easy for you to hear His Word as we've heard here this morning. For faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You must believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God for if you do not believe that I am He, you will die in your sins. You must repent of your sins. Stop sinning on purpose, having that change of mind. You must confess with the mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and be buried in that watery grave of baptism, raised to walk in newness of life. It doesn't stop there, though. Some might say, unfortunately, it doesn't stop there. I would like to say that, fortunately, it doesn't stop there because if we remain faithful unto death, we will receive that crown of life that ultimate goal of receiving that heavenly reward if we're but faithful all the days of our lives. Being a Christian, we have the ability to come back to God if we turn our back on Him. We have the ability to repent of our sins because that blood of Jesus Christ continuously cleanses us from those sins if we strive to walk in the light as He is in the light. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 7. There may be some here this morning who have never responded to the gospel plan of salvation. As we've just stated here, so easy that we hear the word of God. Believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. Repent of our sins. Confess with the mouth that he's the son of God and be buried in that water grave of baptism raised to walk in newness of life. If you have a need this morning to respond to become a Christian, we want to offer you that need. If you are a Christian and you've been famished from the Word of God, you've taken yourself away from the Word of God and the things that you should do in your life, you've fallen away and sinned publicly, then certainly 
you need to repent publicly, but if you need the prayers and thoughts and encouragement of your brothers and sisters in Christ, we want to give you that opportunity this morning as well. If you have a need this morning, whatever your need may be, we offer you that invitation to come forward as together we stand and as we sing.